This Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This, of course, is the show where you come for the accent and you stay for the principles. And I hope you're having a wonderful, blessed Easter week. I know things are changing over there, and it's great to see the the pictures and the videos of your life getting back to normal. It's like a lot of you all are like, what pandemic? Just just living life. And I was speaking to a few people this week. They're going on vacation and traveling and stuff. And honestly, it's so great to hear because I, I'm living in a country where you can do nothing, absolutely nothing. Your Your freedom trip is to go to the grocery store and get supplies or walk your dog. And it's just crazy and it doesn't seem to be any end in sight or what feels like any end in sight. Literally looking for any good news. And you guys have been sending me videos. It's great to see. And it, it lifts my spirit because I'm literally on a countdown. August 28th, I'm in your country. I'm going to have a big vacation. going to do a lot of speaking tours. Got a lot of things I got planned. So this is what keeps me going. But this is Easter week. And we've been doing a lot of heavy shows lately. We've been talking about a lot of problems. Last week, we had the great Cheryl Atkinson on. And that interview has disturbed me ever since I actually did it because the ending with the Fourth Amendment issue really, it's one of the times I was like, I have no idea how you fix that. But today I want to talk to you about something slightly different. It's Easter week. A lot of you are going to listen to this maybe, you know, next week after Easter Saturday. You're not going to, you know, Easter Sunday, you're with family and friends and you don't want a heavy show, even though there's so much I could talk to you about. And we're going to get to that in a couple of weeks. But I want to talk to you about the mindset of yourself. And today, what I'm going to talk to you about is just looking to the future and talk to you about life in general. And this is going to be very apt for you, but I think it's also critical to understand that while it's apt for you as an individual and you may get something from it personally, it's also critical to understand it from an American context and the future of America and the world and how we build it. Life is a funny thing. You know, life, we all go through our stages of life at different times. You know, when you're young, you know, a popular question that everyone gets asked, regardless of where you live, regardless of your color or your, your sexuality or any of that stuff. You know, when you're five or six or seven or eight, nine, ten, the question always comes, what are you going to do when you get older? And, you know, we always come up, you know, the younger you are, you have these ambitious dreams. You know, I remember when I was young, one of my dreams was I was going to become a fighter pilot. I had one sort of dream. I wanted to fly off some of the warships, the, the U.S. warships. You know, the idea of just being in a, in, a, in a plane and just, you know, doing like Mach 6 and different things and just doing, you know, amazing turns. And just that was when I was younger. It was like, hey, you can do this. And it was just you could do anything. You know, there's people who say, I'm going to go to the moon. And, you know, kids sometimes are like, I'm going to do this crazy thing. And it's totally rational to them. And it's totally reasonable to them because there is no limits in life. It's literally, hey, I'm going to do this. You're going you're to go live on Mars? Yeah, I'm going to go live on Mars. Why not? Because we can't get to Mars. But obviously, this is years ago. Oh, well, I'm, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go to the moon. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cure cancer. Whatever thing a kid will come out with some outrageous stuff. But to them, they believed it. They said, I'm going to do it. Now, if you ask the same kid that same question next year, it might be something totally different. I'm going to be the biggest lawyer or the biggest businessman. I'm going, to, I'm going to own Amazon. I'm going to do whatever it is. It changes. It can change every year. But you'll never hear, really hear a kid kind of go, hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? Eh, I just want to be a person. You know, it'll never be just simple. 
They always have these great grandiose plans. They always have these visions. They don't know how to make them a reality. They don't know what they need to do, but they always have these plans and visions. And what happens to everyone in life is as you get older, and especially as you turn from a, you know, a, a kid to a teenager to a young adult to an adult to an adult that's middle-aging is skepticism starts setting in. Doubts start setting in. Reality bites. Because here's the thing. It's so easy to say, I'm going to do ABC. But then at some point, you got to actually do all the work that gets you to ABC. And some of us go, ah, you know, it's not worth this. Why? Because it's not a need. They don't need to do it. They may want to do it, but they don't need to do it. And some of us just go, hey, you know, it isn't worth it. Now, sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing. But what happens as we get older in life, even you can see this, guys go through this, and, you know, especially, you know, a midlife crisis year, you know, all the, I'm going to play up on all the stereotypical things you see, you know, a midlife crisis, a guy hits his, you know, midlife and he's like, I want a Harley Davidson, you know, or I'm going to go date a young girl or, you know, something. And you're like, he's having a midlife crisis. He's like reliving his youth. But we, for that moment, have all these limit, don't have these limitations. And then reality bites. And all of a sudden, we get angry. We start saying life sucks. And instead of seeing things of what are you going to do as you get older? What way are you going to change the world? What way are you going to make an impact? It's like, you know what? I can't do that. These people start saying, why don't you do this? Can't do it. Why don't you do this? Can't do it. Why don't you can't do this? Can't do it. Why can't you do it? I just can't. It just doesn't work out for me. And, you know, it's the easiest thing in the world to say, you can't do something. It's so easy because all it is is if someone comes to you with this great idea, can't do it. It requires no effort on your part. It requires no um, even basic understanding or thinking or just going through it. It's just, hey, just can't do it. It's just dismissed. It's so much easier to go, I can't do it, than go, hmm, maybe I will do it and I'll invest some you know, energy. I'll invest some money. I'll invest, invest some sweat and then maybe not make it. It's so easy to just go, yeah, I can't do it. And as life gets you down, as life beats you up, you become more skeptical. It's so much easier to go, can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. By the way, I'm I'm prime example. I'm I'm exhibit one of doing this. You know, when people come to me with ideas of America, sometimes it's easy to go, just can't do it. Just I can't go that way. I can't go through that. I can't do that. It'll break the law. And instead of actually seeing things in the way of, hey, let's just try and fix these problems. It's so easier just to go, you know what? It's just never going to happen for me. How many times do you hear people in your street say this in your life? You know what? I had my chance. Can't do it. And as you get older in life, your dreams start going away. Your dreams start going, oh, look, I had my chance and I blew it. Too old to do it now. Can't do it. Just can't do it. The thing about life is there's so many ways that we are broken down in society. If I said to you, break society down, I'm sure a lot of people are going to go, well, there's the Republicans and there's the Democrats, John. I'm sure other people can go, well, there's the good guys and there's the bad guys. That's a very simplistic way of things because, you know, what's good and what's bad? It can be relative to society. can be relative where you're from. You know, what else can we break it down? Well, there's the white people and there's everyone else. Okay? There's the straight people with your straight privilege and there's everyone else. There's so many ways we can break things down into these, these little groups, these little labels. 
Oh, you, you're straight, you're white. Oh, there's the Christians and there's everyone else. They're so easy to do this. We all fall into it. There's the, there's the voting the right way and there's voting the wrong way. But in so many ways, there's something else we never break down society down and, and understanding the key difference between all of us. And this reason no very few people will discuss this is because it's a mindset and it doesn't believe in barriers. It's not like you can say, well, the left believe this and the right believe this, or white people believe this and black people believe this. It transcends all the barriers in society. And it's how we view the world. And how we view the world is there are two ways you can view it. You can view the world as one of limitations, as one of there's only so much you can do, that you can't change the world. That I, I couldn't do that. I can't change that. There's too many people in the world. I'm nothing special. You know, one of the things I do when I, the few times I watch telly, I watch some reality telly with my mother, these, you know, cooking shows and different things. And I watched them in England. I watched them in America. It's like MasterChef and different things. And she watches a few other things that I watch with her as well. And it's amazing that you'll see all these people go into these competitions. And they will say to a thee that, you know, well, I, I'm only from this background. I never thought I could get here. I never thought, you know, winning could be reality for me because I only come from this neighborhood. I only come from this certain family. We see things in terms of limitations. We, we put all these obstacles in front of ourselves and say, we can't do it. We can't change the world. By the way, I, again, I'm exhibit one of this. You know, if I let you into, if you actually could see the conversations that go on in my mind, it would scare the hell out of you. I, I would be in like a loony bin. I'd be like, woohoo. But you know how many times I believe in my limitations? You know how, how arrogant I can seem and my brain pulls me back in and going, you're crazy. When I'm like, sure, the guy from Ireland without a college degree who isn't good looking is going to go over to America and tell Americans about how great their nation is and help save it. I can, it's so easy for me to kind of go, you know, I'm never going to change any of them. I'm just a guy from Ireland. Just a guy with a you know, unique accent and a passion for freedom. I could never change the world. You know, if you said to me years ago that in a couple of weeks I'm going to be approaching 300 shows on the blaze, I, I guarantee you my mind would have went, nah, that couldn't happen. I'll never get to 100, let alone 300. Yeah, here I am. We send to place so much limits on ourselves. We kid ourselves of all the things we can't do. And so many people belong to this. But there's also a good group of people. And that is a set of people who believe in the endless possibilities that this world has to offer, that they can change things, that things can be better. It may be, involve a lot of pain. It may involve a lot of sweat. It may involve a hell of a lot of frustration and pull whatever hair out you have. But that wor this world is filled with endless potential. That if you look around, and especially over the last 20 years, that as bad as things are, as much as our world sucks right now, in the last 20 years, should be enough proof for anyone to go, yes, our world is filled with endless possibilities. If you had went 20 years ago, 9-11, if you had said to someone in 9-11, right before 9-11 hits, hey, guess what? 
You're going to have this phone and you're going to have email. You're going to have text. You're going to have videos. You're going to be able to watch TV. You're going to be watching baseball games. You know, you're going to go on social media and watch highlights from whatever basketball, soccer, whatever sport you like. You're going to be able to watch literally parts of TV shows on your phone. You would have went, you're crazy. Not happening. Not a chance. If you'd said to someone 20 years ago that there'll be enough technology that you'll be able to listen to an Irish guy on your phone, that that Irish guy can record into a microphone, can record it, can edit it, upload it to the cloud, and that six and a half thousand or 7,000 miles away, whatever I am from Dallas, my producer can download this show in seconds, edit it, put it together, add a bit of music, try and make me sound better, upload it to the cloud, and then y'all can listen on a Saturday at 12 noon Eastern. That's crazy. That would have been, no, that won't happen. Look at all the innovation. Look at what our, how our world has changed. Look at how things have gotten smaller. TV screens, computers. Why is that? Because there are certain people in society who believe in an endless list of possibilities. If you'd said to someone 100 years ago, you're going to have skyscrapers that are going to literally go through the clouds, they would have said, you're crazy. That will never happen. If you had said uh, 200 years ago, you're going to have planes in the sky. Nah, you're crazy. If you'd said several hundred years ago, the that's more like a thousand years ago, the world is not flat, it's round. They would have said you're crazy. They did say you're crazy. They burned you for it nearly. But we live in this world of endless possibilities. We are now literally, whether you like him or hate him or love him or have no opinion on him, you're literally in a, at the starting phases of Elon Musk sending people to Mars. Do you remember when going to the moon was a big deal? Oh, John, do you believe they went to the moon? Yeah, I'm one of those quirks. I believe America landed on the moon. I, I believe all that hokey pokey stuff. Yes, I'm sorry. Shoot me. But you're literally on the stage where you're going to the moon or to Mars. Again, you may think that's a dumb idea. You may be thinking, I don't know who's going with Elon Musk. But that ain't me. Cool. But the idea that there's a possibility of going to Mars but even if you don't like Elon Musk, the idea that there was a rover sent to Mars and we had pictures from the red planet, that technology, that they can send that technology, those videos back to us. That's a world of endless possibilities. And why does that happen? That happens because people have the ingenuity, the innovation, the belief to go, you know what? I may not believe in myself, but I'm going to give it everything I've got. Because there's this quirky thing I've found around people who are really successful. It's not like, hey, I'm really successful and I think I'm awesome all the time. You know, I'm just, ha, 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 I wake up and I wake up and I look at myself in the mirror and I go, damn, I'm awesome. No, they have the same limitations you do. They have the same confidence, you know, lack of confidence in the skill in the back of their head. They're kind of going, I can't do this. I'm just, I'm just me. I, why do I think I can be that person? But guess what happens? They push through because they know it's been happened before. They know and understand that there is an understanding that this world is filled with endless possibilities. This week is Easter week. You've seen this. Just to relate this to the Easter message. If you read the Bible and you read scriptures enough, you see the stories of what, who will inherit the kingdom of God, the kids. Why? I believe a large part of that is because they don't see a limitation where everyone else is like, you know, I'm, I'm going to die and you're going to crucify me. And in three days, I'm going to rise. The skeptics in it, the skeptics in us, the, the people who have this realistic view of the world, he's coming, he's going to get crucified and he's going to rise in three days. He crazy. He cray cray. That's never going to ha 
than than it did. We see this world as one of limitations. Oh, you can't do that. How many times do you see it in the world? How many times do you see it? I see it all the time. People telling people they can't change the world, that they can't make a difference. But I also see, and this is where I want to totally change the, the train of thought. That was very much for you as an individual. I want to talk to you about America. And I want to share something I saw this week that reminded me of something about America's song for the future. But how many times do you see right now that America can't turn things around? America is over. I am so sick to death of this constant fear-mongering from everyone online. This is not a left or right issue. The next person, got, I, I, I hope I'm in better mood, but the next person that comes to me, oh, America's over. You know, I've had three people this week tell me, and, I've had to, and I try and do things nice, but it, get, it gets a bit frustrating at times. I've had three Americans tell me this time, going, go, you know, if I didn't have this commitment, and the commitment has varied all three times. I'd move to Ireland because I'm so, I'm so sick of America. America's done. And I'm kind of going, you may have issues in America, and God knows you have a lot of issues right now. But trust me on this. You pale in comparison. The issues you face now, if you think you're going to move to Ireland or any other country right now and think, you know what, this, <laughs> man, I'm so glad I'm out of America. You're crazy. You are cra- unless you love big government, unless you love government being your nanny, then you might love it. If you're like, no, you can't do this, and you can't hug people, and you can't go more than five miles from your house, and no, you can't go to the gym, and, and yes, you can go to the convenience store, and you can buy this product, but you can't buy this product because of coronavirus rules, then you'd love it. If you're like a Marxist, this is probably utopia for you. But if you're listening, I don't think there's many Marxists listening to this show. I have a couple of Bernie Sanders supporters, but not many Marxists. But if you love freedom... You have to understand, America is not done. You have to understand the difference. There is America, the country. Yes, you face major issues, and we've discussed some of them in the last couple of weeks, and some of them are big issues, and we're going to be discussing them going forward. You've got so many issues, whether it's coronavirus, whether it's Joe Biden as president, whether it's the border, whether it's inflation, whether it's debt crisis. Listen, we've discussed many of them, and if not all of them, on this show at different times over the years. I'm fully aware of the problems that you face. Here's the difference. Mindset. Yes, you face problems, but do you look at things through a limit, through glasses of limitations, where you're like, yeah, we face problems, we're done. Oh, we can never, ever. Just let me show one example. How many times have you heard people already say, we could never, we could never, John, survive a Joe Biden presidency? How many times do you see this? And this is just to my friends on the right. Do you know how sad that is to hear? Even despite the contrary evidence, you survived eight years of Barack Obama, which when you both, all of you said the exact same thing, we'll never survive Obama. And then when Obama got reelected, you're like, oh, we're so done. You survived eight years of Obama. That, that was only four years ago. And you think you can't survive four years of Sleepy Joe? Sleepy Joe who goes to sleep at one o'clock in the afternoon? You think you can't survive him? Now, be crystal clear. Because I know anytime I say things like this, people go, well, do you know what about this policy? Am I saying it's going to be easy? No. Am I going to say it's going to be painless? No. Am I going to say it's going to be America's going to be the same at the end? No. But there are limitations, and then there's endless possibilities. What you're starting to see now, which is so refreshing, then it's so sad that it took Joe Biden to be president to get here. But you're starting to see states 
form all these militias and actually fighting the constitutional way of life. The example, South Carolina. If you had said to me, what's the best state in the union or the most patriotic state in the union? South Carolina probably would have been around the top 10, but it's not one or two. But what you see what they did last week, where they literally have this legislation, where they have it in the constitution that everyone's part of the militia and you cannot take their guns. And they're passing that law, that resolution in their government, in their, in their Congress. Federalism. The idea of federalism is so key. And you're starting to see the right embrace it again. Joe Biden is coming with a lot of problems. He's going to cause a lot of pain. But guess what? You have the option to get past it because we need to have a mindset, not of limitations of, ah, oh, America's over. My life is over. I can't possibly do things. To start seeing the things that America has survived a lot. The world has seen a lot happen over the last 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 years. You know, we have saw, survived two world wars over the last 100 years. There were times in those wars that were dark times. Guess what? The world and America survived, and we will do so again. had a lot of new listeners recently welcome to the show hopefully you keep enjoying it i would ask a favor if you haven't done so already we're on all platforms um subscribe and also also if you listen on itunes happen to give us a rating and review it helps the algorithm helps new people find this show also get in touch on social media i'm very active with people i talk i spend most of my time talking to people privately not on social media um it's freedom's disciple go check it out so i've been dealing with a lot of stuff over the last couple of weeks, months, years, decades. It feels like forever. And I was watching something. I was watching one of my favorite movies. I recorded it at Christmas, and for whatever reason, it didn't delete off the off the, the TV system. And I was kind of annoyed and just a bit frustrated. I just wanted, you know, you know those times when you watch, want to watch a movie that you know you like, but you don't actually have to watch it, watch it. You can kind of just sit there and be in your own thoughts or be on your iPad typing something. But you have it on in the background and you know when to, you know exactly what's going on because you can say it word for word. And as I was typing out something that day, I listened to this song. And this song is one of my favorite songs. It always makes me tear up when I think of it because it is such a beautiful song, but it also is sung by a great person. And I want to read the lyrics to you because to me, if there was a song that described America, this would be it. You ready? Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look and you'll see into your imagination. We'll begin with a spin, traveling in the world of my creation. What you'll see will defy explanation. If you want to view paradise, simply look around and view us. Anything you want to do, do it. Want to change the world? There's nothing to it. There is no life I know to compare with pure imagination. Living there, you'll be free if you truly wish to be. If you want to view paradise, simply look around and view it. 
Anything you want to do, do it. Want to change the world? There's nothing to us. There is no life I know to compare with pure imagination. Living there, you'll be free if you truly wish to be. Now, unless you're, unless you're a complete heretic and a person of absolutely no class or substance, I, je- I jest. That is clearly out of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It's an amazing, amazing story. And I think there's so much that America can learn from it. But those words, as I was listening to that song, there are times I'll watch that movie literally just for that scene. It is such an amazing scene. And Gene Wilder does it amazing. Does it just, just, oh my God, I sound sound like Donald Trump. He's just amazing. It's wonderful. He's just so wonderful. Everything's great. Everything's great. And he's huge. He's awesome. But that scene, honestly, I jest. That scene is just so powerful. And the words are so poignant. Because you see, America, to me, America, the idea, is that powerful idea that says if you want to live in a world of pure imagination, just take a look and you'll see it. If you want to travel the world and into the world of my creation, what you'll see will defy explanation. That's America. You see, America is that idea, that vision of you can do anything. The world is filled with endless possibilities. Either you can be free if you truly want to be. This idea of America, of God-given rights, of unleashing the individual, of letting people pursue their own happiness, of this ruling, getting rid of the ruling classes, whether you call them a prime minister or presidents or Congress people or Taoiseachs or prime ministers, whatever, or kings or queens or dictators, whatever the label, you are a free sovereign individual. And it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. This idea that you're in a world of pure imagination, go for it. There is no limit. Listen to that song. Read that song, those lyrics, and ask yourself, in the mindset of that song, is it one of limitations or is it one of endless possibilities? You see, America, if you understand any part of American history, even if you only know the facts and figures about it, American history is not one of limitations. If your history was based on limitations, I hate to break it to you, you would not exist today. Because trust me, there were times in your past when people actually did have a belief in limitations, but there were people around them that saw the endless possibilities of what change could look like. You know, if you go read a part of your revolutionary history before you actually wrote the Declaration of Independence, before you actually declared your independence from Britain, there was a lot of issues. And there were people at the Continental Congress, I need to learn how to speak, the Continental Congress, who were like, no, 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 no. We just need to petition the king just to, you know, yes, there's bad things happening, but we just need to petition the king. We, We can't possibly win. And then when people would talk about revolution and declaring independence, you had all these voices and limitations. They're going, we can't win. Are you crazy? You think we can beat that army? You're loco. You're, you're like, woohoo, woohoo. The, the wheel is spinning. There is no hamster. If you think you can beat them, oh, but you did. Oh, but you know what? You know, you'll never, look, that was only a fluke. You'll, you'll, America would never beat them in a war twice. Yeah, we got lucky. And, you know, that, that brutal winter and the French getting involved. We got lucky. 
once. We could never beat them twice, right? No, we did it in 1812. But look, there's so many issues. Look, we could never change the world. We could never out-innovate other people. Yeah, you did. Look at your creations. Look at any part of society and look how much it's innovated over the last 10, 20, 30, 50, 100, 200 years. Don't see the world as a place of limitations. Start getting that childhood, that inner child back inside of you that doesn't see limitations, but sees one of endless possibilities. Get excited by it. When you see a problem, whether it's in your life or whether it's in America's life or whether it's in the future of America, don't see a problem kind of go, hey, there's this roadblock. What are we going to do? Oh, we may as well just give up. No, let's start thinking about things of how we can move the roadblock. Can you imagine if we saw the world as limitations this week? I know it's not really to do with America, but it affects America through trade. The Suez Canal, it's blocked by that, that big monstrosity of a ship. Imagine seeing that world as a world of limitations. Ah, oh, well, she's running around, lads. Let's just all go home. We can't do anything. Let's just, you know, we're done. But also, did you see the story about how it got fixed? Did you see, and I know a lot of people in America laughed at this, but this is an example of the little person. Did you see this pictures of that container? It is ginormous. I think it was like bigger than the Empire State Building in height. In, in Empire State Building height-wise, it was that long. There's literally a, a, a sea of containers on this ship. Did you see the little tugboats that were trying to fix it? And I know a lot of people are going to go, let's get big. Why don't you get naval destroyers in there? The little tugboats did it. And then you see when they got free, the little tugboats pulling this big boat, the power of the individual. It's easy to look at that small boat and go, oh, that boat has loads of limitations. That won't, that won't even move it. Guess what? It did. It helped. Played a role. It's not a limit. It's not a limitations world. It's of one of endless possibilities. That is what we need to start getting back. Because I would ask you, whatever the problem is in your life, write this down. If you're having a problem in your life or you're having a problem in the world or you think America has a problem, write it down and go, ask yourself a question. Can we turn things around? Can we change this narrative? Why and why and why not? Because I guarantee you, if you actually are honest with yourself and you actually do this exercise and you, have, and you write down a problem, and you kind of go, why can I not fix this? Why can, why should I not fix it? A lot of it's going to be based on emotions. Just don't think I can. And trust me, that's a powerful emotion. I get the whole powerful emotion and how powerful they can be. I get them all the time. I'm like, I've been trying 17 years to get to America. You know what? Just give up. And I go, I say things to some friends and I go, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to give up. But something just keeps driving me to, no, keep going. Maybe something will happen. Because we have to live for that hope. Because as we look to the future, and this is where I bring it right back to where I started, back home to you. We are, by all polls, whether you're an American, whether you're Irish, whether you're English, we are of all ages starting to see the world where our future isn't as bright as our past. Why is that? Now, I know a lot of people will focus in on, well, it's because of the coronavirus. Okay, I got that. That's a big thing. But do you not see the positives? Even if you don't agree with them, do you not see the positives that you have coming out of coronavirus? Look, I don't want anyone to die of any reason. But look at the innovation. Again, whether you like vaccines or not is irrelevant. This is not a, a pro-vax or an anti-vax statement. The idea that you have a vaccine that can be created that quick. Look at the innovation that happens.
Look at the situation in Israel numbers, because Israel is leading the world, which must pee a load of people off with all their vaccines. They had real-time information. Their deaths are down. Their numbers are down. The numbers in hospital are down. It's an amazing story. Do you want to see things? Did that happen because, well, we have corona. We're never going to fix it. Or did that happen? Can I go, yeah, we have a really bad situation, a really bad virus, but we can fix it. There are many things that have happened, again, in your country. Slavery. Imagine if we'd seen slavery as, well, we're never ever going to overcome it. Look, we fought a revolution. We wrote all this thing in the Declaration of Independence. We said all men are created equal. How, more, how much more can we do? They'll never get it. We'll never overcome it. But we have. Is the world perfect? No. Is America perfect? But we have overcome so much. How do you overcome all these obstacles? Do we overcome them by saying well, there's a limitation on us? To say, no, we can't do it? Or do we start looking to the future, start dreaming, of a brighter and better tomorrow. Your question, which one do you want to be? Because for all I have seen, and yes, I know people tell me, oh, you will buy into this mysticism of America. And John, in reality, America has never been as good as you say it is. I disagree. I firmly disagree because I have read enough of your history. I'm not said some, I am some expert and I know more than you. No, I've just said I have read a lot of your history. I understand it. Yes, there may be some mysticism attached to it, but the proof is in the pudding. You changed the world. And you didn't change the world by believing in limitations. You changed the world because you saw endless possibilities. One last story to share with you. There's a reason why America changed the world, because your people have always believed in that endless possibilities. It's why I always give this as an example. That in the 60s, when JFK was alive, and he gave that big grandiose speech in front of everyone, kind of going, and by the end of this decade, we're going to the moon. And people of a limitation would have went, you're crazy. That's a waste of money. Sit down, shut up. And when it comes to the next ballot box, which obviously he didn't actually get to, we're going to vote you out of office because you're crazy. You, you're just so discredited. All the people would have come out of the woodwork. But your people were like, hmm. Hmm, that, that's, in, that's interesting. Um, yeah, we're going to the moon. Yeah. And that's what happens. Happened at the end of that decade, just like he said he would. Yes, I know I'm one of those crazy people again who believes you went to the moon. I know. I know it's a growing number of people who say you didn't, but that's okay. People can have the right to be wrong. But that's your country. We have to understand that this is not a left-right issue or a Christian or a biblical issue. This is one of people of human nature one do you want to see the world in a world of limitations or do you want to see endless possibilities because here's the thing america has faced bad days in the past you'll face bad days in the future but if you have the right mindset you can overcome anything finish up today's show by just giving you one last thing to think about just to really ram home this point about mindset but it's taken it from a whole different angle i was watching a very uh, interesting video this week uh, doing research on something else and it was about writing and it was about life and experience and different things but it was a great part of it where it's like i want you to do yourself a favor 
Imagine you want to write a story. It doesn't have to be about your life. It can be about any life. It can be about your life, your friend's life, your, your family's life, America's life, whatever it is. And just totally make it up. It's not based, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, not a real book. It's not based on facts. It's not based on history. You're just pretending you're an author and you're going to write this story about, hey, there's this fictional guy called Jonathan. And I want you to do yourself a favor. Write out the, the brief of that story. Don't get into the details of, you know, is he good looking? Is he bad? Is he, is he white? Or none, none of those details. Just kind of lay out the ground of what the story is going to be. Is it going to be a good story? Is it going to be a bad story? What are the key details? And then try and visualize yourself trying to sell this book. Which book do you think you would sell best? A book that says, you know what? There's this story called about a guy called, and I'll make me, I'm, I'll be the guinea pig. There's a story about Jonathan. And Jonathan grew up and he had a silver spoon in his mouth and he lived the most privileged life of all time. And he never faced an obstacle a day in his life. And he lived this great life and he helped other people and he was charitable and he created these different businesses and, you know, made the world a better place. Blah, 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 blah. 250 pages of just everything was grace. Jonathan touched something and Jonathan was awesome. And everyone was going, oh my God, he's so wonderful. He is just brilliant. And everything he did, and everyone loved him, and never faced any adversity. Adversity. Would you buy that book? First of all, would you want to write that book? I know I wouldn't. Would you buy that book and kind of go, "That's a, you know what? That's a page turner right there." Oh, guess what? We're turning the page. Oh, and he did another great thing. Oh, and he did another great thing. And oh, when he got that lucky. Oh, and he got that contract. What a page turner that is. Or would you build and write a book? That was more towards your life. Where are you going? Hey, there was this guy or girl or whatever. And they had this obstacle and they got beaten up and life brought them to their knees. And just right as they were like, I'm so done. I am so over everything. I can't cope anymore. They just kept going. They found something in themselves to live and they started bit by bit, start scratching and clawing and trying to get their life back. And then at the end of the day, got it right. Because if you look around, by the way, at Hollywood, that not in the most recent stuff, but years ago, that's what America was built on. You loved a great comeback story. You saw this. Think of, you know, one of the, you know, I know people are going to laugh at me for this, but one of the better boxing movies was Rocky IV. You know, you tell that story of there's this big, bad Russian. And you have the showboating American. He's going to, I'm going to dance and I'm going to show that Russian who he is. Gets, you know, goes into the ring and gets slaughtered and dies. Oh my God, that's so sad. And then you have Rocky who's like, my friend. And then Rocky goes off and trains and overcomes adversity and trains in Russian and goes and fates Drago and beats him. Life is about all these stories. How many times do you see this in so many stories that we write where someone faces something really bad and it nearly crushes them, nearly, but then we overcome them? The reason I share this is because I would ask you to do this exercise by yourself. I know if I was writing a book, I would write a book of someone who grew up, you know, in a, in a fairly decent situation, obviously had major issues, but tried to change things and then failed and failed again and failed again, but kept on fighting. 
Because the one thing this, and I don't know how true this is, but I can imagine it's true because I've spoken to a few people about it. And my little survey of the five people I've spoken to this week was this person in this in this uh, video said that what you'll find is the book that you would want to write is usually close to your life, is the life that you want to live. So find hope in that. So find encouragement in that kind of go, hey, this light, you, you're living the life that you want to write. But guess what? You're still the author of your life. You may be at different points in time and that you might be at the start of your life where things are, eh, you know, tough. Or you may be right on your knees and you're like, I just want to give up. Or you may be have rebounded a bit, but you're the author. You can change things. It ebbs and flows. Be the author of your life. Change it. Be the star of your show. Because here's the thing. You have two choices. You can either accept, ah, I can't change. I can never get back to where I was. Or you can say, you know what? Maybe I can't, but I'm going to die trying. Because there's a saying in the Bible, and it's so true, but you need to add to it. The saying is, this too shall pass. It's absolutely true. Whatever you're facing right now will pass. It may take an hour. It may take a week. It may take a month. It may take a year. Or 10 years, depending on what the situation is. If you're grieving over a loved one, it might take a long time. It will pass. The question is, to what? And that is where you're the author. To what? Will it be a compelling story of you, you know, regrowing and becoming better? Or will it be a, a story of you going, you know what? I'm going to grow angry. I'm going to grow pissed off. I'm going to just go, life sucks and give up. You are the author. That's of your life, but also of America's future. America's future. You, Amer you guys are the author. You can change things around. You're down right now. You're going through your really phase of like, oh my God, how bad is America? You're going back to the dark days of the 60s. You have major, major issues. You're so angry in so many places. You're so, you literally have parts of population looking at the other kind of going, you're the problem with America. And you're pointing the fingers. Yes. You face major issues. I am not understating the issues you face. But guess what? How do you fix them? We do not live in a world of limitations where this is the end. The only guaranteed outcome in life is where you go, you know what? I give up. Then you're destined to fail. It's the only guaranteed outcome you have in life. But if we look at things, and as we're going to keep doing over the next weeks and months, because I've got some great shows potentially lined up for you. Dave Rubin is the, the big guest for show 300. But guess what? We're going to start laying out the problems, but we're going to give you the solutions because it's in time to empower you. It's time to build a narrative. It's time to write America's story, not America's past, America's future story of one which is awesome, where you finally realize the checks and cash the checks your founders wrote in the past, where you actually start writing a vision where the president has no power, where Congress is extremely limited where the real power lies in the federal states, in the individual states, that they lie with the governors, with the, the, the state house and the state senate. And even then we start to stripping the power from them and bringing it back to the local governments, where we unleash the people and say, you can achieve things. If you want to go be a superstar, be a superstar. If you want to go be a doctor, be a doctor. If you want to be a stay-at-home mom, be a stay-at-home mom. But whatever it is that makes you happy, you have a, which you have a God-given right to, you go for it, and we're going to cheer you on. And we're going to start building that society. It will take a lot of work, but we will do it.
Or you can just scrap everything I've spoken to you for the last, whatever, 35, 40 minutes and go, America's done. My life is done. See you later. Because it's Easter. Never, ever forget. He rose in three days and everyone said he was crazy. Now, I'm not saying you're going to rise in three days, but America can rise from the ashes. America can rise from the despair. But likewise, the world can. We can get past this coronavirus crap. We can start having conversations about government. We can get over the debt. We can get over all the failed businesses. But only if we do things the right way and start dreaming of a brighter and brighter tomorrow. Until next Saturday at 12 noon Eastern, I salute you, the great American people. Never, ever forget, not in limitations, but in endless possibilities. America is great because Americans are good. That's each and every one of you. Not your politicians, not Joe Biden or not Donald Trump or the Republicans or the Democrats, but each and every one of you. I hope you have a beautiful and blessed Easter. And next Saturday at 12 noon Eastern, we'll talk then. God bless. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. On the Blaze Radio Network.